ladies and gentlemen. I know oh. it's been <laughs> it's been a hot minute. <laughs> it's been a couple of Midgar minutes, uh, probably since the last uh, episode that we have. But uh, we have we have good explanation. Uh, our our good old friend. By the way, we can explain. My name's Chris, we, we can explain. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, guys. We can explain. We can explain. Uh, <laughs> I am Chris, joined as always by my lovely and faithful co-host Nick. Nick, how are you doing on this fine evening? Well, it's a bit of a loaded question, so I guess we'll just get into it. I am doing very well. Um, just to catch everybody up to speed, um, the last couple of months I've been struggling with a chronic laryngitis. The good news is um mm. wasn't in any pain. I just had one symptom of just a hoarse voice, a hoarse voice that would not go away. Still hasn't quite gone away, but it's good enough now that I feel comfortable podcasting again. Um, you know. Nothing to be too worried about, but, you know, Chris and I talked about it, and I talked to my doctor about this, and, you know, everyone kind of just concluded, let's just wait this out till it, you know, alleviates itself a little bit, um, but thankfully, nothing to worry about. I got my vocal cords checked out. They're all healthy and good to go. Just may have some dry air in the home and need to start adding yeah. some humidity to it, and, uh, yeah, I'm uh, thankful that that's what this was all along, and... You know, yeah, nothing more serious. No, yeah, thankfully not anything more serious. But we're back in action now. Forgive me for my slight hoarseness. I'll do my best to alleviate that over the next <laughs> month or two. But hey, we're good to go. Yeah, yeah you might want to cut down that on the hay. Yeah, the, the hoarseness. You, you call me. You call anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that we haven't done this in a while. You calling I mean, me an animal? <laughs> not that you know i i don't think if for people who have listened to uh most of the show probably know that we're you know we're not professional podcast podcasters <laughs> podcasters well, you're re- really proving the point right yeah now. we're really it's just oof, man maybe we should just all right guys uh yeah we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so that was um you know and uh, that was just we wanted to kind of say that we did talk to uh uh, the good old folks over on our discord and kind of kept them updated. But for everyone else who listens to us and is not in the discord, um, but, and I want to give a very special, special thank you to those wonderful folks over at the discord, also known as the Mosey gang, um, who have been so very patient and, uh, Mm -hmm. very understanding and, uh, we love them and we want to give them a special shout out as we do in every episode. So, those wonderful people being Scott, Kyle, AJ, Danny, Kevin, Jillian, Brianne, Matt, Sam, Charlotte, Cameron, Garrett, Dan M, Ryan, Petros, Matt M, Tyos48, Colton, Tone, Kimmy, Chris G, John, Flynn, Jim, Joey. Jesus, this list is getting long, and it's even oh, going to yeah. get longer because <laughs> we got two new folks here. Uh being trey and carmen thank you guys so so much and trey and carmen when you listen to this episode um you can reach out to us on uh, instagram um either email email whatever um and we'll send you a link to the discord uh because for everyone else who's listening if you uh want to get into our discord where we uh, talk about a myriad of things, uh, not just Final Fantasy VII, but of course Final Fantasy VII stuff. We share memes and just kind of generally <laughs> uh, get up to some tomfoolery up there. And, uh, you know, we get together for stuff. We watch things. We play games sometimes. And if that sounds fun to you, 
we have links in uh, the episode description as well as our uh, social medias um, mm-hmm. where you can go there and just give us one dollar a month gets you in there and uh, you're in there one for life. You, you know, you don't have to give us a, a monthly uh, contribution. You could just you could donate to us once and you're in the discord for life. So for life. if that if that is uh, something that you would be interested in, um, like I said, there's there's things that you can click. And uh, I guess with that, <laughs> with that horrible intro out of the way, <laughs> um, we are going to continue because um, our last episode we were talking about the the novel of uh, On the Way to a Smile written by Mr. Nojima himself. And uh, we covered uh, Tifa and Denzel's story last time and uh, mm-hmm. how they've been sort of getting on and, and kind of had an introduction to Denzel uh, as a character who, you know, we didn't really, you know, we only really had the Advent Children stuff for him. So that was a nice experience, kind of getting to learn, like, how he ended up there and, you know, and, yeah, he fits I guess right only... in with the <laughs> tragic backstory crew. Yeah, I guess he's like uh, he gets to, he's basically clouds Marlene is kind of what we learned. And, you know, there's a bit yeah. of implication of that in Anvid Children. But one thing I'm finding this novel does a really good job at. If you're someone if you enjoy Advent Children, this will this novel will make you enjoy it more because it just provides mm-hmm. more context to what everybody's up to. And you know what? If you're someone who you don't like Advent Children, maybe this gives you enough context to enjoy it more. Um, yeah, and yeah. I honestly, because I was one of the people, like, I, I didn't hate Advent Children. I just always thought it was very weird. It was it was such a mm-hmm. weird thing, but I would look past the weirdness because, it, like, oh, it looks amazing, and the action scenes were, they still hold up. Like, everything in that movie visually still holds up pretty well, For and that's crazy considering that that movie is what 20 years old now Mm -hmm. thereabouts um and it's a like one of the first like really big well i was gonna say one of the first really big cgi movies but that's definitely not true uh (laughs) you know but you know cgi movies tend to not have the longest shelf life in terms of like going back to them and being like oh this still holds up really well um especially ones that are a bit more hyper realistic because, you know, you can go back to something like uh, Toy Story or Shrek or something, and those are a bit more cartoony and stylized. And, I mean, eh, maybe Shrek not so much because they have some... Like, Excuse human... you. Excuse no, you. Hey, hey, no I'm, Shrek I'm... slander on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not, I never I'm, thought I'd have to no say that. There's no Shrek slander. No Shrek, Shrek is love. Okay. Shrek is life. Always. <laughs> in this swamp. <laughs> we always love Shrek in this swamp, okay? Um, <laughs> but This is my uh, swamp. <laughs> but uh yeah i don't uh i never really i kind of just mostly disregarded advent children and this this book so far has been uh giving me like definitely making me appreciate it a lot more and being like oh, okay because it was like the one of the biggest problems that i did have with advent children is the the story aspect of it was kind of I mean, not to say it was bad. It was just, it kind of, it felt strange. And it was like, I knew it's supposed to be focusing obviously more on cloud, right? Cause he is the, he is the main character. So like I get in it. And even in that part, I felt it was like a little, it just felt weird. Like it, it just didn't seem like they had. And then there's all these other characters that kind of, you know, had some things to do. Most of them didn't. A lot of them just showed up at the end for the, for the big final fight, which, you know, totally fine 
But, you know, now that we have a chance to sort of explore what these characters have been up to, because uh, I don't know about you, Nick, but for me, my favorite thing about Final Fantasy VII is the characters. And, you know, I have grown so attached to these characters over the years, and I want to learn more about them and, you know, how... how how are you guys doing after killing God? <laughs> you know, you know. Everyone always asks how you kill God, but you know, no one asks how you you feel after killing God. You know, uh, <laughs> so I um, have been enjoying this this book a lot, and uh, also yes, shouts out to the livestream.net because we've been uh, we don't we do not have a physical copy of this book, but we've been listening to the audio book. Uh, done by those folks over there and you can you know look it up on youtube and it'll pop up on there and they have a whole playlist of stuff there i think they've done some other books as well um so you know we may dive into some of those things at a later point but uh in the purposes of this episode we're going to be talking about barrett's chapter or chapters i guess he has two of them um and i know that you were excited to get into barrett's story and yes Looking at, you know, when you're looking at all the characters who are being featured in this book, Barrett is one of the characters that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm interested because I, I love Barrett. He's, he's my man. But, you know, as compared to a lot of the other characters, I, he wasn't as high up on the list. But I want to know uh, what what made you want to get into Barrett's uh, well, epilogue. On, on one hand, it's his complete absence in Advent Children. Yeah, is mm-hmm. you know one of the in my probably my biggest critique of that like movie slash story is that Barrett really doesn't show up to the end like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is where, that like where did he get that puffy vest? Right, and <laughs> when did he get into fishnets? Yeah. I, I need these answers. Um, anyway, um, also it's also I feel like so much of Barrett's story in the original FF Seven is kind of done halfway through the game. You know, you always yeah. have this quest to return to Marlene, but after everything with Dine and going back to Coral, which happens really shortly after leaving Midgar, I, I he just feels he like one of those takes the back seat. Yeah, he, he feels like one of those characters that got wrapped up quickly, and he's one of my favorites. And you know, remake, I, I'll always stand by the fact I think Barrett and Aerith stole the show in remake for me as someone mm-hmm. who is an avid Cloud and Tifa lover. Um, Barrett and Aerith stole the show. So my interest for Barrett has been at an all-time high since Remake came out. And again, just having some context of what the hell he was doing during Advent Children, that's really what intrigued me about wanting to get this slice of his story and having read this twice now, it doesn't disappoint. Yeah, and you know, I, I could not agree more that I think Barrett is easily one of the more interesting characters just you know because i i do feel like you know in og it was like all right well he has his stuff with marlene and you know corel and dine and stuff like that and it does get resolved super quickly and then he's just kind of there <laughs> for the rest of it you know um but he is you know he's one of the first characters that we're introduced to in the entire game so it's something that you know i mean i always kept him in my party um i i mean well more so after <laughs> More so after somebody uh, gets unalived, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I I think Barrett is a character that is very much, he is rich with potential in terms of 
having a, a really good story arc, you know, aside from the one that we do get, which is, you know, it was fine. I think it was serviceable, but there's more to him. And I feel like they've definitely been touching upon that in the remake and kind of alluding to a bit more stuff and, you know, his past with Shinra and mm-hmm. all these other things that they, they very, very lightly touched upon in remake that we didn't really get that much in uh in og either um but you know uh, even even just like oh you know because like we know how he gets his his arm right and then you think well how how does this man function <laughs> when there's no fighting to be done right and that is kind of the crux of his chapters here in the book is him trying to come to terms because Basically, what this, what On the Way to a Smile is trying to, I guess, achieve is, you know, obviously sort of set things up a little bit for Advent Children and kind of more just being like, all right, well, this is that little pocket of time between the end of OG and Advent Children and what these certain characters have been getting up to and kind of where they're at mentally and like what they want to, like, what's, what's their next move? You know, and we get Barrett here, who is, you know, kind of, we did see him a little bit in um, Tifa's chapter. You know, he, like, when they all kind of split, you know, spread off and went their ways, and Barrett is kind of more like on a a spirit journey, I guess, (laughs) for lack of a better term. Um, You know, and then we get, he meets up with the, uh, what's the dude's name? Like, he's got, he's got like an armsmith guy. Uh, he's got like a very Japanese kind of name. I think his name was like so so. so I was I looking keep for it right Sukuna, now, <laughs> but it's not definitely not Sukuna. But um, you know, he goes there and he's kind of trying to be like he it, Barrett doesn't know, and that's to me the interesting part of this is that Barrett doesn't know. Sakaki, what, by the way, his name's Sakaki. Sakaki, old man Sakaki. Um, Old man Sakaki. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life. He doesn't really know because he's been so hyper focused on like toppling Shinra and like, you know, doing, you know, he's had this one goal that he's been working towards and then he finally achieved that goal, right? I mean, obviously it kind of evolved into like dealing with Sephiroth and stuff, but once, you know, all that the evil has been defeated, right? And Shinra is kind of like, Shinra doesn't really exist at this point, uh, or at least not in the same capacity that it did before. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, well, uh, hmm, I haven't really much thought about what I want to do with my life after that point, because, you know, that was, you know, that was his whole entire life for for years, you know, ever, ever since, you know, the whole in- incident with him and dying happened, that's kind of his life has been on this trajectory. And. I I just want to punch in. The other thing is, like, he can't run away from it in the sense that they mentioned in the book that, you know, he's walking through Junon and he bumps into a little boy and knocks him down. And then when, like, Barrett goes to help the little boy, the mom runs in and goes, no, 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 please forgive my son. I beg of you. I beg of you. Mm -hmm. And Barrett catches it. The mom's looking at his gun for an arm. So it's like he doesn't even get the choice to be anything other than just a warrior. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and he and there's been a a, a few times a that it comes up even. throughout it. Yeah, that's he calls himself like, oh, I guess I'm the monster. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's no monsters left, I'm still I turn into the monster. 
Um, and, <clears throat> you know, I, I was curious to think of, like, I don't necessarily want to do, like, a whole, like, racial thing. Um, because I don't think... I, it's never really part of Final Fantasy, at least in, in this specific regard. But, I mean, if you look at Barrett. Uh, even if he wasn't uh, a black dude, <laughs> I think uh, a big buff dude with a gun for an arm would Hell, make intimidate him people. Make him a Russian. <laughs> or dude. make make him yeah. a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> make him a Zangief walking around with a giant uh, with a giant gun in his arm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something you know. Obviously, I guess you know with the world that we live in and stuff. It's you know it's an interesting thing to think about. I'm not. I don't really have a deeper point. I'm just saying that it, it's something that has crossed my mind at a certain point, but I don't, I don't think Nojima at any point was like, oh yes, let's, you know, let's put this, you know, um, you know, uh, make it like an analogy or something like that. But, um, I think it's a bit more in the literal sense, right. Of mm -hmm. him feeling like he, like you said, he's a monster and, you know, he's just this big towering dude with a gun for an arm. And he's like, I don't, want this <laughs> like he at the very end of the day he knows that he wants more than that but he doesn't quite know because that's all he's done for most of his life is fight so he doesn't quite know and then i, I like uh when he visits um sakaki he's like you know uh, what you know i i want to do something else and he's like well you know what you want to Oh, you want to shovel dirt? Okay, here's a shovel arm. <laughs> oh, you want to you want to hammer stuff? Here's a hammer attached. You know, it's like these things, and he's just like, ah, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do. But then I think a cool thing that I uh, wasn't expecting is like he just he gives him like this, you know, um, basically like a, an adapter for his arm that he can kind of just slap anything onto, mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of. He was like, all right, well, uh, you know, and then he just kind of kept attaching more weapons <laughs> and trying to get. And I think, you know, that is why we see him in when we see him in Advent Children. He has that like crazy gun arm with like all the separate stuff coming out of it. Um, the the Swiss Army mm -hmm. gun arm <laughs> that he has, um, which I thought was like a cool little detail. But, um, you know, he in talking to this guy, he is um you know, saying, oh, I want, I want an actual arm. Like, I want an arm that is, like, you know, got, like, softer tissue on it so he can just blend into society, right? Which mm -hmm. I think ultimately is, like, where Barrett, you know, wants to end up. But I do, the one of my favorite parts about this book in particular, but more so in Barrett's chapter, is the internal monologue that he has with himself, and kind of being like, you know, he's just, he's kind of frustrated that, you know, he doesn't, he just doesn't quite know how to take that next step, you know, and even yeah. to the point where he's, um, while, uh, while old man Sakaki is doing this, you know, completing that arm for him, he's like, oh, you can go help out my, my son or my nephew or whatever he says. His nephew, yeah. His nephew, yeah, and they're, um... I think they were like trying to, they were collecting uh, potatoes or something. And uh, he, they're on like this, this coal powered truck, which again is, is stuff that I am totally not, I've never ever once thought about <laughs> within the world of Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. It's like, oh yeah, like Mako's kind of like gone, right? Yeah, like at this coal point, is like it came first, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like, the, and they we do get a nice little explanation of like, oh yeah, like, you know, and Barrett, you know, was raised in, you know, Corel was a, a coal mining town, so that's that's what he did until all that stuff happened that we know already. But it's like, yeah, once Mako came around, like we, who fuck cares about coal? Who cares about oil? You know, who mm-hmm. <laughs> who who cares about these lesser things when we have this crazy new power source, right? And it's like, oh yeah, like because. You know, you think about Mako, right? And it's I think it's a, you know, a connection that is definitely more intentional of like, you know, draining the earth of its resources, right? And well, yeah, to like the 10th degree. Right. <laughs> and it's like the whole, you know, kind of the whole crux of a lot of the stuff, especially like with Avalanche and, and things like that. But you don't really think about that they're was any other stuff you know you think oh mako is just meant to be the analog for oil in our world right but it's like no they have it yeah. you know it's like if it's like if we got a new um you know got a new uh, substance or whatever in our world and basically made everything else obsolete and then we just kind of hyper farm that stuff and like yeah we wouldn't be you know searching for oil anymore we just have we have new thing <laughs> we have we have oil 2.0 uh, and that it's funny because, you know, I never, never considered that uh, within the scope of things. And again, you know, it's not and I kind of that's why I really like I've been liking this book because it kind of does shine a light on some of those lesser uh, like lesser significant things in this world, you know, and kind of gives you like, oh, yeah, like this is like, you know, if it, it, like you said, fleshes it out a bit more and um I guess, uh, get, getting back to what I was saying, sorry. Tangents. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that's a Midgar Minute uh, staple right there. Um, so, yeah, Barrett is traveling with um, with this guy's nephew and a couple other people who are literally shoveling coal into the engine of this truck that's going, like, super slow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's there, you know, kind of as security, I guess, right? And uh, one of the guys, uh, one of the boiler guys is like taking a break and he's like, you know, sorry to, sorry to barge in when you're pissed off. And Barrett's like, I'm not pissed off. <laughs> and the guy is like, Oh, you, you know, you're not pissed off. And, and you know, the anger's just, you know, <laughs> shooting off of you. I think were his words. And he's like, he's like, what the hell, what the hell's your problem? And he's like, yep. Yeah, see, <laughs> and he's just like, uh, and it's like this random guy who I don't even think we even, he even has a name. You know, it kind of almost like, yeah, yeah, he can kind of just like see him, you know, and be like, yeah, man, you're you're not doing good. Right. And you got stuff going on. Well, I think part of it, too, is and, you know, we're going to get more into this as the story goes on. But one of the things that's bothering Barrett is how slow the truck is going because it doesn't Mm -hmm. have as efficient as a fuel source. So he's like, man, this thing is just trugging along, huh? You know? Mm hmm. Yeah, and uh, I I do like that the way that they sort of set it up in the book here is that Barrett is kind of like you know like I think the the uh, the boiler guy is like you know oh what do you you know like oh you're here for protection right and he's like you know Barrett's like yeah I guess and and he's like oh you know it seems like you know you might be more than that or so he said something to that mm-hmm. effect and Barrett's kind of like. 
oh, what do you think I should be? You know, and kind of, you know, saying it in his like very aggro tone as he would, but the way that they sort of describe it is like he, it's almost like he's asking the guy to help him point him in a direction, right? right? Cause he's, he still doesn't know, like, and maybe this guy can set him on that path. Right. And uh, I just, I really love that characterization because Barrett is like the a kind of guy that does not ask for assistance, especially in that regard, right? Because he, I'm, I'm uh, sure he probably sees himself as somebody who doesn't need help and he wants to be the one to help people and doesn't ask for it. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I got it. Don't worry. You know, I'm, you know, you can rely on, he wants to be a reliable person, but, you know, he, this is like new territory for him, you know, and he doesn't quite know how to ask that, right? And he, like, I think, it kind of goes back into that whole, you know, like he wants to blend in with society a bit more. He wants to just kind of be a, he wants to live a regular life. And uh, we do see a little bit more of that here when they actually get to, I guess, this uh, potato farm. And, uh, you know, he's like thinking about, you know, I think maybe at some point, maybe that he wants to do a, you know, build a farm and do that sort of thing, which I think would be super cool. I hope, <laughs> I hope Barrett gets a farm one day. He's going to have to move yeah, out of Midgar. A, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I don't think, uh, I don't think anything's grown in Midgar for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy this sort of back and forth that he has with this, this guy and him sort of setting him on this way of like, yeah, just like trying to think about at least, you know, maybe sort of trying to make him, un, you know, think about himself and what he wants, you know, and like him sort of, it almost seems like he's sort of damning the fact that he has this, you know, this gun arm and stuff. And, you know, I want to say, I, I don't want to be getting the stuff mixed up here. You know, uh, mm-hmm. oh, they were talking about, they were talking about how, you know, you know, because like the truck was moving so slow and it was, you know, this whole thing and, you know, how people were basically so reliant on Mako and, you know, now we have to go back to all this stuff. And, you know, I think maybe that could be sort of an analogy for, you know, not just Barrett, but like anybody, you know, it's like when things, you know, you're, you go through something and then, you know, you lose something that maybe was a, a big part of you or very in, in, instrumental to your life. And then it's like, well, how do you how do you go beyond that? Right. And mm-hmm. then, oh, you got to go back to how things were and, and kind of, you know, work from there. You got to, you know, start back at the bottom and, and work your way back up into, you know, maybe you can build yourself in a different way or something like that. I, I it's, it's a bit of a sloppy <laughs> analogy. I think for, not, not on the book's case, but on, on my case, cause I'm trying to, well, I, like I'm got, trying not step to step back to step forward. Right. That's yeah. I guess that's more, more or less where I'm trying to circle around. Um, I'm just trying not to do the thing where I'm uh, talking about something that we haven't gotten to yet, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to tie it back in because I, uh, I do tend to do that sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think with Barrett here, uh, I'm just, there was something in this first part uh, I wanted to talk about. I'm just trying to remember 
Is it the part where he's like, well, he he starts to get a grip on like what he wants to do, and he learns like, in his own words, he wants to atone for his sins. Is how he puts it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that that was yeah that was the thing of him, um, you know, kind of he didn't really know like before he went on this little journey that he's going on now he would literally just kind of roam the forests and just kill monsters because mm-hmm. uh, he didn't know what else to do. And even the, I'm pretty sure the boiler guy like calls him out on that <laughs> at some point. He's like, you seem like the kind of guy that would go out there and um, hunt, hunt the dens of monsters, even if you don't know where those dens are. And of course, Barrett says, Oh, what do you call me stupid <laughs> or are you making me sound stupid or something like that? And it's like, no, nah, I think that's more of like, you know, you're the kind of guy that's going out there and you're, you're trying to satiate this part of yourself that like you, you don't even know where to go. You're just out there and you're just, you're shooting things. You're, you're attacking things. You're killing monsters you're going after things that you don't even know what you, you don't even know where they are. You're just, mm-hmm. you're out there and you're angry and you're pissed and you're just, you know, you're just punching in the dark basically. And, um, you know, I think there is, a, you know, a lot of this too, that I feel like, you know, is been, uh, a, a bit more, like I find a bit more relatability in a lot of mm-hmm. the stuff, um, in Barrett's chapter, not to say that there wasn't, that in Tifa's chapter and um, a little bit in Denzel's, but I think that's more just because he was a child. But I mean, <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily like you couldn't, you know, necessarily relate to um, someone. I mean, and he, I mean, Denzel, <laughs> the poor guy, had such a <laughs> such a crazy uh, amount of stuff happening to him um, that I would hope that there aren't that many people that can relate to those exact scenarios. But I right. mean, those there definitely are people out there that similar things have happened to. But um, I think this sort of, this soul-searching sort of stuff, especially, you know, as we're getting older, and I know that, you know, not everybody goes through it. I think people go through it at different points in their lives. And me, personally, I feel like I'm in that, I'm kind of going through that now in my own personal life of trying to be like, what do I want to do? What, who do I want to be? You know, because I had such a, hyper focused on one thing and then you know everything sort of got flipped turned upside down and then it's like all right well now what you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) all this stuff that i was gunning towards before is not really and not to say that's not possible but you know it's the the game has changed you know like things things are different and like it's more about like you know surviving and you know you have a certain thing of like yeah you know everyone's trying to survive but you know, when your entire life kind of comes, becomes about surviving and then you kind of get to a point where things are like, you can kind of take it a little bit more easier. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really yeah. strange to be like, well, oh, okay. I was so focused on trying to make it to, you know, the next, the next week or the next month or whatever, the next year. And now things are starting to level out. It's like, all right, well, well, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like that's kind of more or less what's happening here with Barrett is just him trying to figure out how to be, how to like reintegrate himself into the the world. And, you know, I mean, shit, 
you know, I thankfully don't have a gun for an arm, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I could definitely, uh, I see a lot of myself in this and it's weird cause I don't, in Barrett as a character, like his full character, I don't really see much of myself in him. I mean, there's certain, I like to think I look at all the, the cast of FF7 and see a little bit of myself in each and every one of them. Uh, to some some more than others and to other degrees, but um, with this, with Barrett's stuff in here, like, it really uh, it sort of spoke to me, you know? And it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't, you know, I'm getting, uh, I don't, I'm, I know I'm being vague and stuff, I obviously don't want to get into uh, personal stuff here, because it's not really the place for that, but... Um, you know, it's it's definitely, and I think also age has something a little bit to do with it because I feel like if I had listened to this when I was like a teenager or something, I don't think I would have connected with it on that same level that I do now because like we get we're getting older and we're you know I, or at least I am you know looking at back you know looking back on my life and um you know sort of appreciating things that I didn't appreciate before and you know these other sort of changes, these mental changes that happen as you get older and, you know, you start of looking things in different perspectives and stuff like that and not necessarily knowing how to uh, navigate <laughs> a lot of that stuff. Um, it's definitely, I feel like it could be intimidating for a lot of people and um, yeah, I'm not quite sure where I'm going <laughs> with this, <laughs> but um, I, I, I think I'll toss it over to you nick before i talk, talk myself into a circle uh, again which i feel like i've already done <laughs> no you're all good i think i mean maybe just to round out this first page you know at the end of the day barrett's reached a point where you know he was aimless and he slayed so many monsters until he was the biggest monster that was left you know and he's looking back on his journey and to his respect he's not just kind of romanticizing himself and being like, oh, I'm the guy who saved the world. Instead, he's looking back and going like, man, a lot of people died because of me. You know, probably mm -hmm. thinking about all those bombings with Avalanche and the Mako reactors, among other things. And, you know, again, yeah, he's he... not romanticizing himself. He's looking, he's looking inward and going like, man, I was a little reckless about a few things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he does think about, you know, um, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse and... Mm -hmm. He brings them up a couple of times and, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, I, I, and it's funny because back, you know, when Advent Children came out and the, the biggest, I guess, thing that a lot of people were saying, you know, or biggest like opinions that people would have of it and just be like, why is everybody so sad? <laughs> why is everybody so, you know, emo, I guess you would say at the time. And, uh. It's like, yeah, no. I thought we won. That that tracks. <laughs> that <laughs> that all tracks. And you know, I think when we uh, when we covered Advent Children um, uh, in that episode a while back, that was probably the biggest thing to me when I uh, rewatched it. Was like, oh, yeah, like of course you're all going to be fucked up. Of mm -hmm. course <laughs> you're not just going to be like, all right, we we defeated the bad guy. We're done. And we're all happily Let's ever all after. Home. It's like, no, <laughs> it's very much not that. It's it's very much, um, you know, like all these characters now have to reconcile with all the things that 
they have done to get to this point, you know, and like some of them did some more fucked up things than others. And, you know, at least during the time of the, the events of the game, it's like, yeah, you don't have, you don't have time to think about that stuff. Cause you're trying to literally save the world from <laughs> this, this evil long haired asshole, you know, <laughs> you gotta have to do all this other stuff and Shinra too, but you know, they're kind of, they kind of take a back seat. Um, but you know, that is, they're very much still a threat for a while. Um, you know, and it's definitely, it sort of brings it in. It re, like I said, refocuses the, the, the story in a way that's like, okay, sure. Like I totally, I totally get it. And as we, uh, you know, have this conversation here with Barrett and uh, the boiler man, uh, which I, <laughs> I've been that just that name. The I feel like I wish man. that I, <laughs> that's like such a cool name. I don't know why it's just, you know, who, who's that guy? Oh, he's the boiler man. Um, <laughs> you know, they get to, uh, their destination and there's this guy who is carrying his daughter, um, who is infected with the stigma and she, uh, I would imagine Barrett, you know, is thinking about Marlene in this instance. Um, you know, which also, by the way, we kind of, kind of glossed over it, but, you know, I think it was pretty big of Barrett to be like, yeah, I'm going to leave Marlene. I fought so hard to get back to Marlene and now I'm going to leave her again to do this like personal journey, you know, like that must have been like a very tough thing, you know, because imagine, imagine that you're doing all this stuff, you know, you're, you are away from her for so long and then you get, you finally get the chance to like, you know, go back to having a normal quote unquote life, you know, and then, ah, it's not, it's just not hitting <laughs> you know, it's not it, something ain't right. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And you know, I'm sure, of course, Marlene was just like, yeah, no, do, do your thing, man. Like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm chilling, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so this this guy, I uh, I think he's like a farmer or something. Uh, and his daughter has the the stigma, and she wants to go back to Midgar because I believe they were refugees from Midgar, and you know she want that was like her last wish uh mm -hmm. or her you know and she she ends up dying and it's like uh the guy's like oh you know the the truck is you know we couldn't have taken the truck to midgar because that would have taken too long she wouldn't have made it right um because the the father wanted to have her you know because he knew that she probably was going to die but you know at least wanted to have her you know die in midgar because that's what she wanted but you know she unfortunately dies before then and you know they he's they're sort of lamenting like oh well now that we don't have mako it's like we have these really slow ass trucks mm -hmm. that are you know not really suited for transporting you know <laughs> sickly or dying people and uh they're like man it'd be really cool if we had an airship <laughs> and then you're just like oh hmm you know, I might know um, a guy. <laughs> I, I might know a guy. I might know a guy. And then, you know, Barrett gets his first objective marker in a while. <laughs> his objective marker has just been, you know, find yourself up until this point. But then, oh, we got it. We got a new objective. It's like, oh, maybe we can, maybe we can build an airship that, uh, you know, because the, the high wind at this point uh, is not... <laughs> not really uh functioning i guess would be the lightest way to put it but uh i guess that 
uh, I'm pretty sure that's how the first that first chapter ends. Is that uh, they're like, we need we should go find uh, we should get an airship because then we'd be able to <laughs> go to Midgar in no time. And uh, I want to say, oh no 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 no. Well before before we move on to the next part, mm-hmm. um, there's like a point where uh, this this father who who just lost his daughter to the stigma. Instead of, you know, um, you know, instead of just kind of, you know, stopping in his tracks and whatever, he's just immediately like, oh, you know, you know, he's thinking about the future already. And he's not, Mm -hmm. he's not sitting there dwelling on the fact that he lost his daughter. He's like, oh, how can we make it so that other people don't have to experience this? You know, like they, we still don't know anything about the stigma. We don't know what the hell's going on with it, but you know, if we could at least bring people to Midgar, because I think they they mentioned that there's there might be a cure for it in Midgar, even though at this current moment we know that that's not true, um, but there will be uh, in the near future, mm-hmm. as we'll as we'll come to see. But um, you know, I think that that sort of embarrass sort of having that moment of realizing that like, oh, this guy just lost his daughter, but he's already thinking, he's already on the next step, right? And it's yep. like, oh, like. I think I need to learn a little bit of that and just be like, instead of, you know, not to say that, you know, having that sort of um, self-discovery and going on a, you know, taking your time to kind of sort out everything in your head um, is, you know, a bad thing. Like, absolutely, I would recommend (laughs) doing that if you're, you know, ever struggling in your life. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, 10 out of 10 uh, get a therapist. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think that it was, it was kind of this nice, there was this nice buildup and, you know, I think we said it much, uh, in the last episode too, but, um, absolutely go listen to this book yourself. Cause we are, we are not, this is not meant to mm-hmm. be like, uh, we're not doing a step-by-step thing here. We're kind of just generalizing a lot of the stuff that happens, but I highly recommend, uh, listening to it for yourself yep. uh, because there's there's just so much like the way that things are sort of laid out and you know these little moments of you know the uh, Barrett realizing like oh this is what I need to do now or like he's just like you know these little tiny events kind of stringing along into a way of like oh it eventually is leading to this bigger picture for him and it uh, happens a lot more eloquently in the <laughs> in the book than we're doing it here. Um, but I definitely I did want to touch a be- uh, on that before we moved on to the second part of uh, Barrett's story here, um, which brings us to Rocket Town. Uh, Let's which go! I was excited because when I was looking at the list of characters that were in uh, that had chapters in this book, I'm like, oh, Sid's not in there. And I'm like, oh, I would love to know what happened to Sid after the fact. Because Sid is another character that I feel like is criminally, like, his story just kind of gets swept under the rug of, you know, and I don't necessarily blame it, the game, or, you know, or anybody for that happening. Because it's like, there is so much stuff going on, Mm -hmm. you know, with uh, just the overall story of FF7, like... Some things are going to get pushed to the wayside, especially, you know, like uh, it's, the game's already on four discs, man. I don't know how, <laughs> how much more, how many more we could stack into a fucking jewel case. But, um, 
you know, and that's, I think, you know, I, as you know, time has gone on, I've begun to more appreciate these, uh, compilation, uh, parts a bit more, even though I still have, you know, this, like this book is the best one so far in terms of feeling connected, you know, and being like, oh, these are, you're talking about the characters that I like, okay, I know these characters and it doesn't feel like, I guess maybe the best way to put it of like when, when I originally watched Advent Children, the, those characters didn't feel like the characters that I had spent playing with in OG. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, later on I would be like, I'd be able to realize like, oh yes, they, and not like saying like, oh, they're literally not the same characters, but you know, I guess maybe you have a certain idea of what these characters well, are think, like in your head. I, well, you know? I think part of what was so off-putting is if you take you know, OG FF7 because I mean, like we've been over this so many times, but because of like the graphical limitations and everything like that, mm. everyone was kind of forced to be sort of like a, not, not a stereotype, but like sort of like an, an over, not mm, trying to find the right yeah, terminology. I, I, you know what I I'm saying? What I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. They're not, everyone it's not was just like a character tro- everyone was basically just like a character trope turned up to 10. You know what I right. mean? Right. And 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 Advent you know, and Children kind of takes it a little bit more yeah, realistic. Yeah, they dial it back. Yeah. They dial it back a mm-hmm. little bit and be like, "Okay, let's actually have these be, you know, let's make them a bit more realistic of how people would actually be <laughs> instead of um, you know, like you said, kind of these um hyper um tropey sort of characters and mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. they have to be these certain archetypes, right? And you know, just for the sake of the story and, you know, just to kind of keep things rolling right because there's so much stuff going on you can't you can't really sit down and focus and you know again you know OGFF7 was one of the first games to have that level of story in it um, in a way and being told in that fashion that it's like that I mean it's still impressive don't get me wrong but then you know we've had all this time now where we have these games that are you know the storytelling in games nowadays has far exceeded anything <laughs> that was capable back then and um which makes you know remake and everything coming in rebirth and all that stuff um more exciting because now we get to see what these characters could actually be like with this modern level of storytelling and all these other things which we've already gotten a fantastic taste of i think already and Mm-hmm. Um, like seeing going through this book and some of the other stuff, it makes me super, super happy <laughs> that we finally get to reincorporate a lot of this stuff that I feel like would, you know, does sort of make, you know, like if remake wasn't in the picture, right. And, you know, if I was, if we were at the same point now and remake didn't exist, I think I would still look back on all this stuff and be like, okay, I can appreciate this stuff a lot more now. And be like, okay, they're trying. They're tr- they were trying to add that depth, mm-hmm. you know, retroactively, which I think is good. But it it also made it feel a little bit weird and disjointed, and that's why it just always kind of like I feel like I bounced off of a lot of that stuff when I was younger because it was just like, ah, this is too weird. You guys are trying to turn it into this whole other thing, not realizing that this is what the point was the whole time, you know? <laughs> because I'm thinking, oh no, it's about this, and you know, if you think about it. OG kind of ends and it's just like, oh, all right, it's over. <laughs> we defeated Sephiroth. That's it. <laughs> we did. We defeated Genova. That's it. You know, and it kind of just like, oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, 
shit, man. And now I'm just watching the stars go by on my screen. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> how, how do, how do I process this? How do I, how does my tiny child brain <laughs> figure out any of this stuff? Um, but, um, I forgot. I, I was going to make a point and I totally, uh, <laughs> went off the rails there, but I guess, uh, just to, to reel us back into, uh, the book here, we go to rocket town, uh, and we see, uh, Shira, uh, or as they're, I, they were saying her name weird. They were saying her name like Shara or, or some some weird. Uh, but again, Shara. is it weird? <laughs> Shira. Um, <laughs> it's another one of those things of like, all right, well, we've only ever seen this character's name in text form, and never really read aloud at any point. So it's like, is it wrong? I don't know. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we see that she has the stigma, uh, unfortunately, as well. And, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, um, she is not around, uh, later on in, um, I, I want to say in, uh, Dirge, uh, she's not, she's not around, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think, uh, I think the, the, isn't the new ship that Sid gets, isn't that named, like the Shira or something like that. I want to say I, <laughs> I've I've still kind of blocked out Dirge uh, of Cerberus from my mind, so I don't remember some of those little finer details. But um, I want to say that the the new ship, or it had like she was like like a big uh, like she was like the hood ornament on it, or that definitely not the hood ornament, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that sort of uh, she was implemented into the design of the airship. Um, but we, we come back with her and she's, uh, working with, uh, some of the other folks there in Rocket Town trying to, uh, figure out this whole oil situation because I guess Rocket Town is, was built, uh, on a, <laughs> on an oil well, which makes sense because that's how you would <laughs> probably would be using, uh, to propel rockets before you found mm-hmm, Mako. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, yeah, like shit is old. <laughs> like this, just old shit that we just left behind, because when Mako came in, it's like, yeah, we don't need any of this stuff. So they just, you know, uh, we do run into Sid later, and he's like, yeah, like you know, there's no new technology. We just have to reuse the old stuff that's just been gathering dust for all this time that uh, we've been using Mako. And uh, let's see here. Good old Sid. I love Sid so much, man. Me <laughs> I too. hope Me I hope too. he gets a bit more uh, I hope he gets just a bit more of something in uh in Rebirth or or you know wherever, you know, re- the remake universe, <laughs> I guess. Um cuz I feel he was another sort of guy that's like, "All right, well, he's the he's the cowboy man." Um <laughs> He's the the old man of like thirty years old, uh, <laughs> compared. Uh, and I know we've definitely talked about that before of uh, <laughs> learning that Sid was supposed to be what like thirty two or something when uh, OG was going on, 
and they, everyone's calling him an old man. And I'm like, oh, I thought he was supposed to be, like, in his 50s. Nope. <laughs> and they're like, oh. Nope. Oh, boy. And it's like, oh, well, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so Barrett and Sid, uh, you know, kind of catch up. And, you know, I think they're in the process of rebuilding uh, their airship here. And um, seems like a lot of they... what Sid's got going on, and this is why Barrett runs into him, is he himself mm-hmm. is kind of in this process of rebuilding. And like you know, if you remember from OG, he's not very good to Shayra. You know, he's you know that's yeah. putting it very lightly. And now he's like naming the ship after her. He's trying to walk. He's found a way to walk his path of redemption. And I think that's right. why him and Barrett have collided in this way. He is kind of, uh, yeah, like they have gone on a very similar journey and it seems like Sid is like most of the way there already. Mm-hmm. And like it honestly is like it couldn't have been a more perfect time as Barrett's going through his journey. And it's like this is kind of where he wants to be, right? Where he has like a, a purpose, like these all these people in Rocket Town are working towards this goal and, you know, everyone's helping each other out and, you know, things are starting to they're they're looking more positively than you know how they would be to everyone else uh in the world right now because you know at this point you think about it to like the average person it's like all right well this this energy source that we relied on is just gone now and everyone's kind of living in the stone age at this point or i guess (laughs) the industrial age and um you know and everything's sort of in the air right now like no no one really knows what the hell's going to happen next and that just kind of adds on top of you know all the other problems that's go- that are going on in the world then you have these you know these characters that you know save the world quote unquote and but mm-hmm. also sort of brought about this new era of the stigma and all this other stuff as far as they know cuz they don't you know no one really knows that the where the stigma came from um and it's still i mean we like we the cast know, the of F- know, I was just the cast of <laughs> FF7 saves the world but now they have to Save themselves. themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of what this whole book has felt like, honestly. It's just like, you know, how, you know, we've we've healed the planet, kind of, sort of, and now we have to heal ourselves <laughs> after, after all this craziness. Um, but yeah, they kind of, they're just kind of talking about, you know, like their plans for stuff. They're, they're working on the airship and they're like trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to make all this stuff work on this, uh, primitive technology. Um, you know, and things are, things are going good. And, uh, you know, Barrett's kind of being a little bit like, eh, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to be good, but he's also kind of like, uh, you know, you guys are, you know, he's being, he's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's he, not like jealous, but like, uh, maybe, uh, I mean, cause I know being, you know, being jealous and being envious are like two different things. I think I, I'm not quite sure which one it well, is more like here, it, here's it the seems... envy can go two ways, right? There's benign envy where it's like, man, let's say you just won the lottery. I would really envy you, but it's benign. I don't feel malevolent towards you. I'm like, man, I'm real jealous my man won that lottery, but I feel good about it. You know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. there's like, you know, let's say you burned down my house and stole all my shit 
and then you won the lottery. Then I'd be like, that son of a bitch has it coming. That son of a bitch. I'm, like, I'm jealous. Not, you know? he, didn't, he didn't buy me a new house. That wasn't the, be- <laughs> that wasn't the best answer, but, you know, you kind of get my point. Is like, there's, yeah, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it kind of feels like that a little bit. Like, he's just kind of like, man, like, I, I want I want to get to this, right? And, uh, you know, they're, they're catching up. You know, he's talk- he talks about, you know, Cloud starting his business and Sid being like, Cloud running a business? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> that guy? And even Barrett's like, ah, oh, you, you know, Tifa's keeping him in shape. Don't worry. <laughs> like, he's, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got good, uh, good folks. And, you know, he, and I do kind of, it's almost like, you know, even though they haven't, I, I don't really know how long it's been since the end of the game at this point, but we, it's kind of like they're meeting up and they're kind of just being like, Oh, so, you know, I dealt with, uh, you know, Barrett's talking about cloud and Tifa and then Sid's talking about Yuffie and red and like, Oh, like, you know, they're all, they're kind of catching each other up on what's going on. And like, part of me feels really sad actually that they kind of, they did just everyone sort of just, splintered off and did their own thing and they like they kind of came up keep up with each other but not really but i mean i get it on a certain level also that of like they all were kind of in the middle of their own journeys when this all this other stuff was going on so they like all right we got to put our own personal journeys aside to come together to fight the big the big bad right and now the big bad's gone so now we can all go back to our regularly scheduled uh spirit journeys <laughs> i guess as it were so it's like it it makes me happy and sad at the same time because i'm like oh i want i just i would love for the all you guys to just be in the same place and you're all just helping each other building each other up and you know mm-hmm. rebuilding the world together and like i i think eventually they do kind of get to that point or at least sort of kind of uh because uh dirge is the last part of of the compilation stuff, right? Like that's the furthest in the timeline. Correct. So So, like we do get a little bit, like it does feel like, you know, I mean, obviously they come together to stop fucking what's his butt and, uh, (laughs) you know, do all that stuff again. But, um, in terms of like, just the greater, um, aftermath of everything of like, I think they, you know, everyone sort of established themselves in certain positions where they can help each other out a bit more. And they have kind of, everyone's had their journey at that point and they're like, okay, now we can, you know, work together to rebuild the world. And that, that, you know, just a little, a little personal tangent, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> I just, I just want everyone to live. They all live in the same house. And they all, they're like a big old family even though a, a bunch of them I don't think could last <laughs> too long. Um, like Vincent, especially they, I think they even say like, yeah, Vincent's just, we don't know where he is. <laughs> he just, he's gone. He's off to have his own video game somewhere. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all we know about him. And he's, uh, he's the, I think I want to say he's the only character that we don't really get much of in here, but I think that's, probably because he's you know he gets his he gets his portion of the book uh in in video game form later on which uh is fine i guess you know <laughs> all things considered even though everyone knows uh our opinions <laughs> on on dirge uh but uh let's see i just wanted to i was 
there was a, a point that I wanted to talk about with this here. Oh, yes, because he, um, Barrett starts talking to Sid about, you know, getting the airship up, like, right away. Um, you know, and they're like, hey, like, Mako's kind of a precious resource at this point. Like, which to me is like, okay, so Mako still exists in some form. It just, there's not, it's, there's no more of it. Like, Mm -hmm. like every, all the Mako that is left in the world right now is like, that's it, you know? And I like, I'm sure they probably could. I mean, they kind of uh, bounce around the idea or Sid brings up the idea of like, oh, well, maybe there's more somewhere, but we don't know where. (laughs) <laughs> how we don't know where any of it is it's definitely not anywhere where we are at right now um but that ultimately leads to sid being like well what happened to avalanche's leader like oh you want us to use mako now <laughs> you know and then he's just like oh uh shit <laughs> and he literally had uh nothing to say about it um, well, I mean, if you could give a better example of Barrett being a little lost, you know, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like now running out of you know, options, running out of... Cause, he's getting desperate and being like, well, we need to... Like, he knows what he wants to do, and he's willing to compromise on his previous views in order to achieve that. And then I like how in here it literally says, like, you know, in terms of dealing with his own past, he didn't really know what to say or do, but now... Um, that someone's calling him out on it, he's trying to figure out like what that means, right? Just like what, like what, uh, you know how how can I express myself in that way? And you know, as we saw before, uh, there was another point earlier where um, when Barrett, whenever Barrett gets frustrated, um, he likes to scream and shoot his gun in the air, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he almost did that here. Um, but they're inside of like a building, so he kind of thought twice about it. Uh, but he does ultimately end up doing it <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, you know, he uh, w- as he was also talking to cities, like you know, like oh, I'm thinking I want to help you guys, you know, because I think that's you know, obviously, you know, he's been looking to want to help. So he wants to build stuff instead of destroying stuff, and it's like oh, what what better place to start doing that than at in rocket town where they're trying to, you know, rework, you know, they're trying to start drilling oil again. They're trying to start like, you know, like setting the stages for the next phase of the world. Right. And I think even Sid kind of says something to the effect of like, you know, yeah, you know, times are changing, you know, we're just born on the cusp of that change and we just have to sort of navigate through that. Um, but then, you know, Barrett does, you know, he does end up shooting his gun off in this building that they're in and then Sid goes, well, for starters, if you want to help, uh, you can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, uh, I thought that was a, a very funny little moment that they had. And, um, you know, he has another, uh, Barrett has another moment of like, he's, I guess, imagining, um, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse sort of, um, you know, looking at him from beyond and, you know, kind of almost wanting them to blame him for something 
uh, into like to he's because he's still trying to battle because I again it's something that we didn't really touch on that much but is another thing that must have been weighing super heavily on Barrett as well because you know those three died you know believing in him and fighting for the same goal as him and now he's trying to like do something that is the opposite of that and maybe feels a little like guilty of like mm-hmm. you know uh should i like am i am i spitting on their memory by trying to like go against everything that i they died for sort of thing um and that that's another thing that kind of pops up again uh, you know i can't stop thinking about you know i have a feeling that when they wrote that scene in remake, the confrontation between Barrett and the president, that they just had this scene in mind. You know what I mean? Mm. They had all mm-hmm. this in mind of like, okay, Barrett, have you thought about what's going to happen after all this is gone? And again, it's not to say Barrett is wrong about the world using alternate sources of energy other than Mako, but the president was correct to pin him down and be like, you haven't thought about the aftermath, have you? You just want to blow shit up. You know? Yep. Yeah, and uh, Barrett even goes into, um, you know, he says, my past like as a minefield full of mistakes, but there had to have been some things that were right mm-hmm. and some things that were wrong. You know, which version of me am I supposed to be from now on? And that kind of perfect, I think that perfectly encapsulates his whole story at this point. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, like who who am I supposed to be? You know, am I am I supposed to be the guy out there killing stuff and doing whatever, or am I supposed to be somebody who, you know, can do more than that? Can I can I build things instead of destroy them? Which I think is you know a good sort of neat way to do it. And you know, he kind of has that self realization moment um, of like that he wants to change, you know, and he's kind of asking himself like, am I allowed? to have that because of my past and having he obviously is carrying a massive level of guilt um and probably has you know they all are probably suffering from some level of survivor's guilt uh to some degree but um you know with barrett especially with all the stuff with with dying and all the stuff in uh in corel and everything that you know he's and i'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that we don't even know about but is more so implied um but you know he you know, had that, that one path that he went down that led to so much destruction, right? And it's like, can I atone for this? Like, is there something that I can even do at this point to atone mm-hmm. for this? And he's trying to come to grips with that. And I do like that Sid does help him, um, come, like, make him realize, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> He literally asked Sid to help him, you know, and at like, what am I supposed to do? You know, and like, it's, I like that moment a lot because that is the, I want to say one of the only times we ever see Barrett actually ask for help, you know, in that way, kind of tying it back into everything we were saying before. It's like, he's the kind of guy that does not ask for help and Mm -hmm. for him to like have that moment of clarity and be like, I don't know what to do. I need your help. And, uh, you know, that just it was a beautiful moment 
<laughs> but then that when that happens, that kind of uh, that ties into the the joke that uh, I was said before about you know he ends up shooting into the ceiling, and then Sid says, "Well, you, for starters, you can fix that," <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I think is so such a perfect, and it's like, man, I'm I'm glad uh, that Nojima ha- was able to do stuff like this because I guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, and even now, like that, he's been working on remake and stuff. That he, now he has an opportunity to continue to do stuff like this and have these sort of moments that you didn't, you know, you didn't really have an opportunity to to really flesh these characters out in this way, um, with the with the original game. You know, and now that you know, imagine you have these characters that you created, you know, thirty five years ago, and that you are able to still come back to them and you know instead of just being like all right well that's it i made these characters and who you know as they are then that's how they'll always be and it's like no you can he can keep like reapproaching these characters and you know i didn't realize i mean at the time you know because i didn't know about this book back when it came out because how would you um <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know like seeing it now and being like oh okay like you know he he's he knows these characters in a, in a way, I mean, he made them. So I would, you know, assume that he knows them, but like, you know, he has, he has like different ideas for them and ways that they can grow in a way that, I mean, I've not really seen. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've read the rest of the, the, or listened to the rest of the book, but I did not feel like any character got like shorthanded, you know, at any point. And even still all the way up into this point. And, you know, say what you will about Dirge. I think that the strongest parts of Dirge are the stuff about Vincent <laughs> and all the stuff that he does and all the, um, you know, the all the uh, things that he goes through and deals with, um, that that is the more stronger stuff. And it's like you could tell that Nojima cares about these characters a lot and that he cares a, a lot about progressing them in a way that doesn't betray all the stuff that has come before you know, mm-hmm. like all this stuff that we've been talking about here with Barrett, it totally, totally checks out. Like all this stuff, like I totally can see Barrett being this person and being like, I need help. I need, <laughs> I need someone. And, you know, I guess um, Sid being the uh, the only other older part of the, the group here, aside from Vincent, who's like, you know, whatever, 100 or whatever, how old he is. <laughs> um, uh you know, they sort of like Bar. I think Barrett and Sid are like a, such a good pair. Uh, like, like you were saying before, I think they were like the perfect pair, and I'm glad that they were the ones to sort of link up and have this moment. Um, because they're both those kind of guys. Like, they're very headstrong, and they very, they very much are. You know, take charge kind of guys. But you know, some things you can't just you know, in Barrett's case, you can't shoot it, and in Sid's case there's some things you can't just throw a wrench at and be done with it you know and it takes a little bit more finesse and that they're both kind of going on this journey at the same time and they can sort of lift each other up and uh, I just I think that's beautiful (laughs) yeah and that again Barrett is bumping into Sid at like just the right time and Sid a dude who when they met him, he was so lost. His dream was destroyed. He was an alcoholic. He couldn't maintain a good relationship with Shayra. 
But then he bumps into him post FF7. And like, honestly, Sid's killing it. Cloud's depressed. Teeth is overworked. Aerith and Zack are dead. Barrett has no purpose. You know, but Sid's crushing it, you know? Maybe <laughs> maybe that comes with age. Maybe because he's been through it. But I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's a really cool thing. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, just this, this whole scenario kind of just is crafted in such a way you're like, Okay, yeah, I, I can, I can totally understand all of this, and you know, it is just kind of like almost like a chef's kiss kind of moment. You know, you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, you just, fuck, he nailed it. <laughs> Nojima fucking nailed it when he wrote these chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess in terms of, uh, I think there, there really isn't much else in terms of like stuff that happens in this this chapter it's just kind of like them talking and them sort of realizing you know what they have to do um Mm -hmm. you know and being like okay well this is you know the words we're seeing uh you know the foundations of of where these characters are gonna go and um they all sort of come to that agreement of like yeah this is what and i think there's literally a line here of you know barrett barrett no longer has any doubts which um, is awesome. <laughs> it's, oh it's yeah, really, really cool. And I, I like you know. And it's and this is you know he only has these two. Uh, I don't know if it's like a single chapter. I mean, it's split into two parts. I don't know if it's like a singular chapter or not. But um, this just this the story the the case of Barrett, as they call it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really well done, you know. And as as one of the like shorter stories in this book. Um, it's just really well done. And, um, uh, I guess, well, no, it does end on, uh, he does, um, he does go back to old man Sakaki and he has, you know, he made him the arm, you know, with the hand and he's like, Oh, you know, you can even write with it if you want, uh, if you practice with it. And he, I, he says something like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're able to do kind of further cementing of like, Oh, you can, you know, you could, if you put your mind to it, you can you can achieve it, sort of thing, and kind of speaking about it in a more generalized way. Obviously, kind of just hammering home, you know, what we've been saying this whole time. Um, and he chooses Barrett chooses not to take it for now um, because yeah. he's like, Nah, I'm not I'm not ready I'm not ready yet, but I will I will come back eventually when I am fully when he's fully uh, prepared to uh, assume that role. Um, he's, he'll do that. And then I, I do like that. It, he ends and he's like, ah, oh, I could have written a letter to Marlene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, ah, ah, don't worry. I'll, you know, I'll see her again. I'll be able to, you know, I'll do it again. And it's kind of like that thing of like, you know, he, he realizes what he has to do, but he's not there yet. And he wants to fully transition over into that new self before he like fully takes did, on that whole thing. Did we discuss uh Barrett and Sid's discourse about oil? Um I th- we slightly touched on it, but um cuz I, uh... I found that to be cuz that's at the end too. Like that's kind of how this all mm-hmm. ro- rolls out is um you know Barrett saying like there's got to be another way, right? When Sid's like, "Well, we can't just go back to Mako." And that's when uh, Sid brings up oil. And I like the Barrett's like, oil? That useless goop? <laughs> that, that made me laugh. So, that useless goop. 
But I thought I thought it was funny that Sid kind of brought up some history of Shinra that Shinra was actually looking to move away from coal into oil before they discovered mm-hmm. Mako, and and that now obviously that Mako isn't really an option. Sid has his eyes on the future of like, well, look, looks like we should move towards oil. If we can't do Mako yeah. and coal is outdated, we should move towards oil. And I like that. Oh, and yeah. Shira, Shira comes in too. Where she mm-hmm. mentions, like, I'm actually going to read this quote. The planet has all kinds of things in store for us. Coal, oil, Mako. There might even be things we don't know about yet. We'll be okay mm-hmm. as long as we don't misuse them. Which, right, yeah. yes. I remember because cause the, um, they had the oil derrick or the oil pump mm-hmm. there. And then it stopped. They had to turn it off because it wasn't producing oil anymore. And Barrett mm-hmm. kind of had this moment of like, oh, the, the planet's not going to give us any more, is it? And yeah, I think that's what leads into um, that discussion and, and Shira saying like, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. We just have to, you know, not abuse it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think, you know, because the planet, you know, while our characters are healing, the planet is also trying to heal as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, they kind of have to work in tandem with the planet to kind of be like, all right, well, we can, you know, go to a certain point as long as we don't turn into a Shinra 2.0 or, you know, the United States or something. Um, you know, we can, we can just be like, oh, okay, well, it's, you know, we can, we can build as long as we do it right. And we do it, you know, in every, everybody's best interest, including the planet. And, you know, that is, that is a beautiful thing. I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I, I totally would have <laughs> glossed over that, <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, obviously of course, you know, Barrett having that history growing up in a coal town, you know, and being a minor, and uh, <laughs> uh, that just reminds me of um, his appearance in uh, Before Crisis, <laughs> when he's just stuck uh, holding a boulder <laughs> in a cave <laughs> for all eternity. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just like, you know, it. I guess in a way you can look at it as, you know, Barrett having to sort of go back to his past, in order to pave the way for the future, you know? And just, like, go into these things that he was sort of raised on, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it feels so, like, I, I feel like I'm not doing it justice, but it, it feels like uh, it is in, incorporating a lot of these aspects of Barrett's past that he is trying to not necessarily run away from, but he had to sort of uh, blind himself to and, you know, didn't really know what to do with it and maybe just sort of uh, compartmentalized a lot of it. And now he has to use all those things that he's been compartmentalizing to sort of help him grow and heal and, and, and move forward. And, um, yeah, man, it's so well done. (laughs) I I don't... Like the more I think of it, I'm like, damn, damn, Nojima, you've, you goddamn genius madman, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know how to, you know how to write some really good characters when you get the chance to. <laughs> <laughs> and you're able to, to really flesh them out. He's, uh, he does a bang up job. Very few as good as he. Mm. I would agree. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I want to say 
that's it. Yeah, I think that'd be a good spot to uh, close it out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really, I guess just to kind of close it out, I mean, yeah, this is, um, you know, when we were first talking about it, and you're like, oh, I think, we, I think Barrett's story should be like a full, like just uh, like a full episode because we were kind of, mm-hmm. you know, discussing how to break this, the book up into discussions. And at first I was like, oh, well, it's one of the shorter ones. And I'm like, I don't really know. And then like once I was uh, going through it, I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and you know looking at our runtime now i yes yes that absolutely uh needed to happen for sure and um yeah i mean i'm glad we i'm glad we did and uh i i definitely i definitely missed this i missed uh i missed doing the podcast so i'm, I'm glad Same. that we're we're back uh we should be uh on somewhat of a regular schedule here moving forward um you know, obviously we, um, we want to, we'll probably keep going through this book and, you know, maybe we'll, you know, take, uh, you know, breaks from it, maybe here and there. There's not that much left. Um, there's only, um, we have, uh, Yuffie, uh, Nanaki and Shinra, which is like, you know, Rufus and everybody else. They kind of, they, <laughs> they all just kind of get bundled in together, um, which makes sense. Uh, and then there's the, I mean, we, there are the live stream white and live stream black things, but we already kind of discussed those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we also could, um, there's some other books as well that maybe we can look into. And, uh, I think like the, the kids are all right. And, uh, I think there was another one too. Um, but I, I'd be super interested, and it's you know it's funny because I wasn't quite sure how this would work <laughs> or how it would turn out. Um, but I've been really enjoying uh, going into this stuff. I mean, I think honestly Same. some of the the most fun episodes that uh, we've done so far, in my opinion, have been this compilation stuff, um, and more more so the stuff that I haven't experienced. You know, because like you know, Crisis Core was fun, and you know, and say what we will about dirge like that was still an interesting experience just because i didn't really know that much about dirge beforehand um but i i like i like kind of delving into the stuff that i and i would imagine most other people probably don't know that much about um mm-hmm. in terms of this uh final fantasy 7 stuff and uh yeah i mean i guess we'll 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 see from there but um is there is there anything else you wanted to add, Nick? Before we uh, no, I think sign that, off. I think that just about puts a bow on it. Yeah, I'm all set on my end. Yeah, happy to be back and uh, onward we'll, and uh, upward. Onwards and upwards, and I guess uh, with that, uh, would you like to count us down for? I our, would our <laughs> return episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you ready for it? Oh, I'm always ready. All right, here we go. Three, two. One. Yeah. Did it.